You're in the water loop. Hi, this is Travis with Waterloop. Water conservation is very important to me, and I bet it is to all of you. That's why I have High Sierra shower heads in my house, and I'm so happy that they're a supporter of this podcast. High Sierra carries the EPA WaterSense label for efficiency and uses 40% less water than conventional low-flow shower heads. The model I have uses just a gallon and a half per minute. And because of their unique nozzle design, it's patented. Nobody else has it. It maximizes efficiency of water and energy and does not compromise on performance. You still get a powerful shower. Use promo code WATERLOOP for 20% off at HighSierraShowerHeads.com. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop. Welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis. Excited to be joined by two guests for this episode to talk about water data and how we can move forward and do a better job on this. I have Pete Colahan. He is Executive Director of the Internet of Water Project at Duke University. Peter, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Travis. And I have Stacy Timmons. She is Associate Director of Hydrogeology Programs for the New Mexico Bureau of Geology and Mineral Resources and also the project lead for New Mexico's Water Data Initiative. Stacy, thanks for coming on as well. Thank you. All right, let's, let's back up big picture. Uh, and I think you both have some great perspective to add to this question. Uh, what is water data infrastructure and, and why do we need it? How do we use it? Sure. Well, I'll go ahead and start, Travis, with this. And so I'll just start with a basic uh, problem. So let's say you're trying to irrigate a farm or treat water at a utility or understand uh, harmful algal blooms in a lake. You need to gather information to do that. And part of the challenge that we face today uh, as as water managers and water people uh, is that we have a difficult time accessing that data. And the reason the data is difficult to access is that it has not been modernized, broadly speaking, in the same way that, say, you can order a couch in five minutes and it will come straight to your house. Uh, this is less true for water data. Um, there are many uh, sort of uh, places that have uh, a kind of a lot of investment in water data, uh, but that are like the larger communities, larger states, larger cities, so in some places have a big investment in water data. But that's usually for a single purpose. It's usually directed towards a utility manager. And the general public or secondary users or researchers or other people just trying to make decisions, they have difficulty accessing that data. So what we're trying to do uh, is build tools uh, that help you discover and access water data more quickly, just using basic online search and other simple mechanisms. And our project is designed specifically to help states uh, and utilities and local governments, because they're the ones who are the stewards of most of this data. We also partner with the federal government, uh, which is a really important uh, actor in the system and has quite a lot of data itself. But the federal government is not responsible for water data at the state level. So it's really important that states like New Mexico um, are able to uh, uh, take advantage of the water data that they have. And, and in order to do that, they need sort of better technologies for that. 
Gotcha. Uh, Stacy, I'd love to hear from your perspective, from the from the state perspective, about about your description of water data infrastructure and how it's important and why you need access. Sure. Um, I think probably not unique to New Mexico, but many um, Western states are struggling in the face of increasing aridity in climate change conditions, as well as kind of more um, extreme conditions, whether that's extreme drought or extreme floods. And so having ready access to our water data kind of more at our fingertips is essential to be able to, to respond to those sorts of events and, um, and plan. And so the, the fact of the matter is in New Mexico, and I think in many states, uh, we have a lot of water data already available in some format online. Um, so a lot of times it's like a, a human readable format uh, that you can go in and query and uh, look for a piece of information to answer your question. But if you wanted to wholesale view the water data on um, quantity and quality together, or if you wanted to um, kind of take a bigger picture look and, and grab a bunch of data to do some processing or do some analysis with, it's very difficult to to know where to go, to know how to get those data. And oftentimes it requires that you have to call somebody up and ask for a data set to, to work with in any more meaningful way. And so um, what we're aiming to do in New Mexico and in collaboration with Internet of Water is to make our data more machine readable and more modern, as Peter said. So we can um, quickly access that data using the, the power of the internet and using the power of, of different codes that can just grab that data and quickly process it and make it um, right there at our fingertips in the face of those um, important decisions. Um, so it's, I think, not unusual for states to be in this situation where we're um, among many who are uh, kind of coming out of a, uh, the 20th century and moving into the 21st with our data and um, trying to work through the infrastructure challenges, which include staff, budgets, um, and, and data systems that are really um, kind of old, and, mm. and it's going to take a, a big lift to, to move ahead. And paper data, I would add. <laughs> yeah, right. That's 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 going from the 20th century of paper to the 21st century of digital, that, that big transition there. Um, it's huge. I, I want to drill down a little bit on on kind of the federal role. I used to work at U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in D.C. We, one of the biggest questions we always got from the media is like, how many of our waterways in the U.S. are healthy? How many are not? And it always was shocking that we didn't have a clear answer for that. We didn't have just this data handy that we could pull and, and find out about which ones impaired, how many are impaired for this, how many are impaired for that. You know, you have USGS as a big collector of water data, maybe maybe NOAA and others. So I just want to hear about the perspective on um, the federal role and, you know, what they could have been, should have been, haven't been doing and collecting, organizing, sharing. And is this kind of why a venture like Internet of Water is stepping in? Uh, thanks, Travis. So yeah, I will, I can comment on that. So I spent many years at NOAA. So yeah. I know uh, a lot about this problem, and uh, just just for for your benefit and everybody else's benefit, EPA actually has heard you loud and clear. They've built a new app called How's My Waterway, uh, <laughs> which tries to actually address this problem. Um, but one of the challenges that the federal government faces 
uh, is that, uh, as I said earlier, the federal government is only responsible for the data that it collects. It's not responsible for the data collected by states. Now, there are significant numbers. Uh, what's happening is federal resources are being made available, thankfully, to help with this problem. In fact, Stacy and I are collaborating using a grant from the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation called WaterSmart, which is a, uh, it's a grant program designed to improve technologies around water. So I would say that what you have at the federal level is kind of the national view and a huge number of data sets that are collected. And actually, the federal government uh, made a big effort to improve and modernize its data management structures uh, under President Obama in 2010 that period, 2010 to 2014. And so there was a big push, although there's plenty of lots of row, you know, further progress can be made uh, at the federal level. Uh, but what I would say is that the sort of real t uh, challenge is more at the state level and, and more at the local level. And that's where the Internet of Water is designed to step in and help. We're, we're designed to be technologists and social scientists that can help you understand, A, what problem are you trying to solve? B, where is the data that you need to solve that problem? C, how on earth am I going to get it? D, how are you going to be able to keep it and use it over time? We, we don't want to create um, one-off tools. The, the internet is sort of a graveyard of unused tools, and we're trying not to add to that problem. What we're trying to do is create technologies that are free, open source, cloud-based, and folks can use them over and over again to solve more than one problem. Uh, I, I want to dig into the, the vision a little bit further for the Internet of Water. So um, what, what do you, could you talk a little bit more about what you guys are building? What's your, what's your elevator pitch here, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would say that uh, in 20 years' time, uh, you should be able to Google, uh, can I swim in my river? A and you should get an answer back uh, that, that is uh, that yes or no. <laughs> right. And not, uh, here's a campground near my river, like, which mm. is what you get right now. If you Google how, what is, what is the condition of my river or an irrigator in New Mexico should be able to pull up on his phone, an app that shows him exactly how much water is available in the river today. That is a, that's what we need. But we're a long way from that because there's a number of connection points that have to be made from where the data are, are collected to how they're organized and aggregated to how they're then transferred into analytical tools for insight and then put into apps for people to use. Like that whole chain of inf that information value chain is, uh, is what we're trying to uh, build up. And most importantly, we're trying to reinforce the bottom part of that chain where the fundamental data is and, and get it really well managed so that everyone can, there can be like this uh, outburst of tools, like a, a green field of investment in tools, kind of like the Weather Channel. So if you think about weather, weather, the Weather Channel, you pick up your phone, you get the weather. Okay, the reason that's true is that NOAA is putting out all kinds of data, and there's also a big private sector investment in that space because everybody loves weather. <laughs> it, 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 it draws eyeballs. N water number one data. conversation topic in the world, right? How's the weather? Yeah, exactly. And also, <laughs> you, know, you need to know. You sort of need to know every morning what's going on with your weather, right? So people look at the weather every day. Millions, hundreds of millions of people look at the weather every day. So there's a business model there of eyeballs. There's no such business model 
with water data. So that's why the private sector hasn't stepped in. So we are a nonprofit that's stepping in with philanthropic dollars and also some federal money to help try to solve this problem. Okay. And so when you, when you mentioned the federal, you're in coordination with NOAA and USGS and EPA, and then also working with a variety of different states? Yes. So the U.S. Geological Survey and the U.S. EPA are two main partners. Okay. Um, they have they serve on our board. They are the holders. They're the primary holders of water data. Uh, NOAA holds precipitation data. You know, I, I worked at NOAA. And people say, is why is why is NOAA a water agency? And I would say because NOAA is in charge of the rain. And so that <laughs> because, but it's not actually a, a, a hydrology agency, except. Uh, in, it's the, responsible for flood forecasting. So I used to, I came from the Office of Water Prediction, which is sort of the uh, mm. flood and hydrology modeling office of NOAA. And okay. uh, and so the point is, is that those, so EPA and USGS are our main partners, and they're really, really helpful. We have great folks from the from the National uh, Water Information System, from the Water Mission Area of USGS, and from the uh, uh, the Office of Water at EPA, the data integration folks there. So they, they are incredibly helpful to us and very good partners. We're also um, just now in a dialogue with the Department of Energy around hydropower data and how that can be uh, more well-managed. Uh, we're talking to Reclamation about reservoir data. And so we're, we're, there's lots of good dialogue with the federal government right now on this project. Got it. Stacy. From a state's perspective, you know, what's your vision for where working with the Internet of Water and, and updating your data infrastructure can, can take you all? And, and what do you want out of this? So in my role at the um, State Geologic Survey, which is known as the New Mexico Bureau of Geology and Mineral Resources, um, as a hydrology group, I get um, very regular phone calls uh, that are asking questions about their water. So an individual um, landowner will say, hey, what, what's my aquifer and is it safe to go ahead and put in a new well? Is there water quality concerns? Stacy, you know the answer, of course, right? <laughs> and so um, it's become this, this system here in New Mexico where you literally call someone up and ask for information and you might get a number of different answers from a number of different organizations. You also have to know which organization manages water rights, which organization does water quality, which organization does, you know, any number of surface water or groundwater features. And so my vision, and I think the, the broader state of New Mexico, is looking forward to a time when we can simply... Um, like Peter said, we can kind of throw a question in Google and quickly come up with an answer or using um, a social media tool, say hashtag New Mexico water data and find out here in my spot, there is, you know, X amount of water flowing past me in the river or the water quality in my drinking water system is safe to drink. Um, and, and just a number of questions just can be more readily answered. And we have a long list of kind of high priority questions um, that, that New Mexicans are asking. A lot of them do relate to water quantity and, and wanting to know that there is enough for what their intended purpose is. So um, I think that the, you know, the general vision is to kind of allow people to readily access the, the information, the data that they need, and have the tools right there in their hands to, um, to make those decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. 
I mean, what I've heard from both of you is there's a wide variety of stakeholders that that you want to put this together for government, all the levels of government, agriculture, industry, and citizens that that uh, you know have questions. Um, I'd like to kind of shift a little bit and talk about you know as a as a project there as you're working with New Mexico. We were talking before we started recording about kind of the specifics, and I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about how Internet of Water and State of New Mexico are, are now working together to try to, to build this out and make it a reality. Sure. So I'll start with a high-level summary, and then I'll let Stacy take it away. Uh, so we're partnering with New Mexico One to help them with their water data initiative, which is the main initiative to pull the water data together across New Mexico agencies, uh, and and two to help them uh, do a, a a collaborative project on the Pecos River, which is a demonstration about how. Improving the water management, the, the way we, the water data management allows you to improve water management. So, Stacey, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, so, the, the um, kind of the bigger picture part for New Mexico is really the the, the backbone of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, putting together data from their five agencies that are listed. We have new legislation that specifically says we have to put our water together, water data together from five big state agencies, and then also any other water data that is state funded. And so we're um, working as a kind of large um, effort with Internet of Water and and other state agencies to put that data together. Um, And um, if I can take a slight tangent, I want to go back to your point about trying to build this for um, normal people and technical people at the same time. And I think that's a really key um, piece to all of this is that what we're trying to build is is multiple kind of levels of complexity. The, the technical part is actually the somewhat easier part of this, where we can build machine-readable um, data sets that, that wizards out there can quickly put into apps and tools that then normal people, <laughs> the, the, the day-to-day users of water can, can use. And so going back to um, the point about the, the new project that we have starting up um, with Internet of Water and uh, the Bureau of Reclamation's Water Smart Grant Program, um, we're working on a project in um, this section of the Pecos River in southeast New Mexico where there is um, complex challenges looking at um, the river flowing through the region and groundwater as it relates to the river as well, multiple uses of groundwater in the region and very limited um, readily available data sets to inform decision-making as well as complex um, kind of um, like political pieces around this river. There, there are compacts that have to be met, uh, the water delivery to Texas from New Mexico on that river, as well as irrigators in the downstream um, region of where we're working that need to have enough water. So there has to be really careful attention to how much groundwater is being pumped, is that affecting the river, um, as well as water quality issues uh, that, that need to be um, paid attention to. So we're working with Internet of Water um, and some of the local entities to really um, bring the data in that region up to a more um, accessible place. It's right now in um, a fairly old data system that uh, is very hard to access. 
So it's um, bringing that data up and then integrating it with other data sets, some of them federal data sets like you guys were just talking about. So um, USGS stream gauges, for, for example, can be uh, brought together with these other groundwater data and really have a more complete picture, both on the technical side and for the normal person, the irrigator in that region who needs to know um, what crops to plant in, in a given year and how much water might be available to him. I think that's a great tangible example of, of how improved water data infrastructure can assist, you know, on the ground, if you will. Peter, are there any uh, other examples maybe you could share of, of kind of your pilot projects and where you're trying to, to do similar stuff as, as in New Mexico? Yeah, sure. And we're really trying to do a range of different kinds of projects. Mm. Um, so in California, for example, we're working um, uh, near uh, – in Northern California on, and also really statewide on how the state monitors harmful algal blooms, which is uh, a new, a new, new-ish problem, freshwater harmful algal blooms, uh, which threaten uh, recreation, they threaten drinking water. Uh, their sort of immediate problem uh, is, includes, you know, people's dogs dying after they jump into the river, you know. And, and this is the kind of thing uh, that um, it, it is a growing issue. Uh, because of warming temperatures and nutrient loading. And so the state has a harmful algal bloom monitoring system, which um, they really want to improve. They want to add more data to it. And what we're doing is partnering with local community groups to uh, increase the amount of community science data that's added to the state's data and also allowing uh, the state to improve its the way it visualizes and presents the data. So what you have is sort of improved harmful algal bloom monitoring and tracking as a result of, of this exercise, or you will have that when we're done with the project. Um, in North Carolina, we're working on a water supply dashboard uh, for, uh, for utilities there, uh, basically allowing them to keep better track of the impacts uh, to, to water supply, um, which of course come both from uh, availability and quality uh, uh, threats, availability shortages and, and quality threats. So looking at having a dashboard that sort of presents the water data that's most relevant to them, that's that's another good example. Um, and um, I'll just, the, and the, the, those, are, those are the top two on my head besides yeah, the sure. project, so I'll leave it there, yeah. And the idea is that when you set this up in California or you set this up in North Carolina, then you've got a model that can be used in other states, right? Like, okay, hey, Nebraska wants to do the same thing with their, their water supply and, well, just kind of plug and play almost. Yeah. You know, we, we one of the things we're learning as we are implementing this project is that uh, – we that it's uh, that we we would like it to be as plug and play as possible, but uh, but the, the, there are unique challenges everywhere. Um, sort of all water is local, uh, all 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 hydrology is local, uh, and the sort of unique problems of each location uh, tend to rear their ugly heads as you're trying to do something. So there always is a certain amount of uh, customization that has to happen. But we, in fact, as a project, are really focused on these underlying tools that everybody needs, kind of no matter what, to clean up the data to make it more accessible. And we are trying to use make repeatable patterns leave behind architecture that can be uh, also transferred to other states. Uh, and we do hope that these demonstrations will sort of give us lessons that can be transferred to other states. But in addition to the demonstrations, we have this underlying architecture, which is basically required everywhere. Mm. Um, 
last couple questions. Uh, you know, it's been mentioned about citizen science a few times, and um, I'm just curious if that factors into what you're doing in New Mexico. Um, you know, if, if some of that information gathered by NGOs and, and others are, are part of the data that you all use in water management. Yeah, so um, we, we specifically citizen science is, is one of the data streams that come into New Mexico, but it's kind of coming in through one of our state agency collaborators. So um, one example is that the um, Environment Department with their um, surface water monitoring, they have a program already established where they um, teach people how to collect certain um, field parameters on, on their surface water body near their house or wherever they are and, and have a tool for them to bring that data in. And then that agency QCs does a little bit of cleanup for the data, and then that can come to us through through their um, API tool. Presently, it isn't all; those pieces are not all connected. Um, but yes, that's kind of on the radar. And the the other kind of dream big idea that I've been um, playing around with here in New Mexico is just creating some basic um, tools that, like people right now, don't have a mechanism to report has their well gone dry and kind of facing the next few years here in New Mexico, we're seeing some pretty serious drought conditions and reduction in snowpack and extremely challenging water management. Um, a tool like that could be simple to use and not requiring a whole lot of one-on-one um, -on -one training with, with um, well owners just to say, yes, my well has gone dry. And then to be able to map that out, I think would be a really relevant tool. So we're we're kind of brainstorming some ideas to bring those data to to New Mexicans and and to managers. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an important piece to the whole data picture. I just I, I have some um, I, I feel it's it needs to have some level of of QC to to process before it comes out for decision making. And I think that's in the in the works for sure. Yeah, the integrity of the data is critically important for sure. Uh, lastly, Peter, you've got your hands full. You've got a lot going on with this project, <laughs> building the the Google of water data. But uh, if there's other if there's other states, other agencies, other organizations, entities that are interested in this, how how can they get involved? Oh, sure. Uh, you should join our peer-to-peer -peer network, uh, which we have created among the states. Uh, and that's really an activity really designed for states and river basin commissions. Um, we have individual representatives of federal agencies in, in the network. Uh, and, uh, and, so, and also you can just join our mailing list. You can go to internetofwater.org and join our mailing list and get our newsletter. And you can start learning about all kinds of cool things. You can come to our webinars, ask the data architect webinars. We have a fantastic data architect who can answer all your data guru questions. Uh, so, so we have many ways of en engaging uh, with, with, with states, nonprofits, uh, and we're really happy to be in touch with anybody who's interested. Uh, uh, please just visit our website, internetofwater.org, and we'll be and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, Peter and Stacy, I really appreciate it. I look forward to having the app on my phone at some point in the future <laughs> where I can find out what's going on with the water anywhere I am in the country, especially when I'm visiting one of my favorite states of New Mexico. But uh, yeah, thanks to you both so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. The Waterloop Podcast is brought to you by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart and stylish way to save water 
energy, and money while enjoying a powerful shower. Use promo code WATERLOOP for 20% off at HighSierraShowerHeads.com. You're in the Waterloop. Oh, 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 o